it was too big of an open map of an open world. There was too much to do without enough diversity. Hello and welcome back to the Mo Video Games podcast where we got the house of juice here to provide you the juice that you've been asking for. And that's right, your boy Maxwell here finished Ghost of Tsushima. You didn't think it was possible. He didn't think it was possible. He is me and me is here to tell you about it in this week's episode of the Mo Video Games podcast. I also got a little taste of Halo Infinite multiplayer. Oliver did some Bioshock and we got a little bit of tech news. It's actually gaming news, but got some tech going on. So you know it's going to be a full episode. So sit back, relax. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. This week, sound to let you know we are officially live. And welcome to the Mo Video second Games. Second intro. The second intro of the Mo Video Games podcast, where we bring you tech news with technical difficulties. So for, for those of you watching, so far the sound has been right on point from Oliver, but his video is lagging as hell. So it's going to be looking pretty wild. Um but that's you're not here to see our faces. You're here to watch our voices. <laughs> Very good. Very so, good. Yeah. I tried the not outro last week. It's impossible. If when you're recording an outro to a podcast, there's no way you can't not say outro things when you're <laughs> yeah. ending a podcast. It's fucking impossible. So um so yeah. <laughs> Like, we call out everything, and then, you know, funky one starts turning on, and then we're like, in case you forgot from 10 seconds ago, here's our IG again, and our YouTube, and we'd love to hear from you again, in case you forgot. <laughs> oh, it's so true. I... I mean, I feel like we should, I almost feel like we should just try to mic, I don't know. I I like the intros, you know, like... I like one of our soothing voices coming in on top of it, but we could most most podcasts I've been listening to just do the tune in to the, you know, like funky one, like like we do on the video. You know, they do funky one straight in the the podcast because this is probably what happens. <laughs> <laughs> double that, that, intro, double outro. <laughs> that's how we distinguish ourselves from all the other podcasts. <laughs> These guys really love to introduce themselves. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely down to to at a minimum get rid of the second outro because that is for sure ridiculous. But I I love I love recording the intros. They're some of my favorite things to do. You know, like how ridiculous are you going to be? That's keeps it spicy every time. And finding the little sound bit, I yeah, the, the intro adds a lot more. And then we all, like the high level overview because I feel like half the time. I mean, when we start this, we have a crudely drawn roadmap with Krayla's, but we really never know where it's going to go. You know, we'll just find one random thing to bitch about for normally an hour and 20 minutes for our hour long podcast. <laughs> I got to say poor Crayola. They get shit on all the time. Like they are the de facto when someone is describing a, a shitty version of something, they describe it as drawn with Crayola. So they make a product for kids. I mean, that's just inherent. There's okay, are Karela's dope? Hell yeah. Like I mean, I guess just crayons in general are dope. It's probably not that hard to manufacture a Corolla. A Corolla is definitely not easy to manufacture. There's a lot of difficulties there. Yeah, Toyota has entered the chat. 
It's copyrighted uh, content. You can't say our name on the podcast. <laughs> uh, oh, God. I can't talk today. So, Maxwell, I heard you've been playing a game that is not not fucking Ghost of Tsushima. But that means that you finished the sushi. How is the roll? <laughs> the sushi roll is complete. And Thank on God. top of that, so the, the sushi story... Main story is complete. The Iki Island expansion story is complete. And all of the Mongol, uh, I don't know what you call them, hideouts, camps, whatever, have been decimated. Are they like, uh, is it similar to like Far Cry camps where it's just like yep. a small area that, yeah, you just clear out? Yep. Nice Some would say identical. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I don't mind that McCann. Especially, it's been long enough for me. Like, when I saw it in, was it Days Gone that had something similar, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, by the time that you were playing in Days Gone, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that mechanic. I wouldn't mind doing it again. <laughs> yeah, there's a... I, I think it could be improved upon. I don't think they did much different. Um, like, I, I the, the mechanic, I think, is cool, especially when it impacts the world. So, like, in the newer Far Cries, it was like, for sure in like Far Cry New Dawn, maybe in Far Cry 5 and stuff like that, like when you would clear out a camp and, oh, Days Gone did this as, as well, um, you would stop seeing as many or just altogether like random encounters of enemies on the road because you like yeah. cleared out the camp. So there's no like land for them to depart from, essentially. Which uh, makes way more sense. Yeah. I, it did not feel like Ghost of Tsushima did that but maybe that was just the way i was playing it i didn't notice it um but Far i guess Cry 3 did that but it didn't do it if that <laughs> it, it the problem with far cry 3 is they tried to do that shit where like when you progress through the story areas will slowly like be more controlled by the what rocky yacht and far cry 3 um but it was yeah. based on your story percentage, so it wasn't tied to actually clearing out an area of the map. So like they they soft tried to implement it. I mean, it was fine. It's Far Cry Three. It's old as fuck, but uh, <laughs> it was definitely it was it was cool to see. Yeah, I forgot that in the older Far Cries they actually implemented that. So that's kind of disappointing that Tsushima didn't. Like those are super popular games, and like <laughs> and Days Gone, lots of press around them, right? So. Yeah, it's it, it's tough to say. So one one thing they did do with these camps is every time you approach them, it, it lists like the objectives of the camp. And sometimes the objectives are a little bit different. It's not just defeat the Mongols, um, but the, the side objectives are so like pointless, like they don't add anything to the experience. They're like, oh, free the Falcons. But it's like as you're going through killing the Mongols, you walk up and you press R2 and the Falcon is freed. Like it's it's not like you have to like search and find it or do anything. It's just a literal additional task to like fill the runtime. Um, yeah. Which was kind of disappointing. They do have bonus objectives that are optional. So it'd be like, oh, kill three enemies with the longbow um, or do this or that. But they seem to be kind of RNG. Like, I think I died partway through one, and when I respawned, it was a new bonus objective. Um, but I, I don't like that. I wish it would have been more curated to that particular camp. Like, if they say, okay, oh, the layout of this particular camp would make it difficult to do this thing or would be interesting to 
encourage them to use the longbow or hallucination darts or something to that effect and actually make it more worthwhile. Most of the time, it's like, oh, kill three enemies with the longbow, which by the time you have it fully upgraded, which is early on, might I add, um, it's so fucking easy. I just boom, boom, boom real quick, and then I just annihilate everyone else. So I, the potential was there. That's just because you're good at the game. Exactly. Been playing it for long enough. That's for damn sure. Um, um. Okay. So, like, what what shined about the game? What do you think it brought? Either new to the table or just executed well. And then what were what were like the flops? Where was it just like, all right, I've seen this. Fuck this. The camera yeah. control obviously is in the flop category because I remember you were <laughs> booming about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's start positive, and then let's beat the shit out of it to end um but uh to so to start off positive it is i think without any doubt in my mind the most beautiful game i have ever played um like i just cannot get over the art direction of the game the beauty of the landscapes the diversity in the environments um how full they were um there's a lot of detail in them and there's a lot of interaction like as you're walking through the brush and the leaves and everything like that like attention to detail in the environments top notch um praise number one praise number two would you say would you say that's enough to play the game uh no but after praise number two i would say yes (laughs) (laughs) that that alone if that was all it had i would say no but Praise number two is the samurai combat. I playing so you you pretty much you have your sword, and that is effectively your only weapon. You have like side weapons, like think of grenades and Halo and that kind of stuff. So you have like these black powder bombs and sticky bombs and um like little ninja stars that they call them like kunai. I I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, that you kind of throw and stuff, but they're like you have. Uh, I guess what do you call it ammunition counts and limited so you might be able to use two or three and then you're out of that so your main combat is using the katana um, and that is fun you have so there's four well, actually technically five stances I won't spoil what the fifth one is um, but there are four stances you unlock throughout the game each one is specific to a type of enemy um, and switching stances is pretty quick and easy. You basically hold R2 and then press one of the square, circle, triangle, X buttons to swap into a stance. And it actually dramatically changes the move sets, how he's holding the katana, um, and they are uh, very strongly effective against the different types. So I liked that mechanic. I thought that was pretty good. Um, what I didn't... Well, I, I'm not going to get into criticisms yet, but the the, the combat super great um how much time would you say like did you spend exploring versus fighting you know like just like did you get tired of randomly roaming or because of the environment was the roaming worth it you know and like were you fighting like every couple minutes or was it pretty sparse or fighting was definitely pretty frequent because um like as you're unlocking different like you're you're exploring the map you're unlocking fast travel points basically every location you find is a new fast travel point or like after you liberate the base or whatever that's a fast travel point um but it 
when you're en route to these different places, you'll have encounters with Mongols and other like animals out in the wild. Like there's bears and hogs and stuff like that that'll try and attack you. So the combat is frequent enough. Um, but this is where I will say, so praise number three, before I get into the criticisms, is the story. Um, I think the hmm. story is is pretty compelling. I think it's it's really interesting. It definitely drove me forward. I was most interested in the stories. And I should also say the side quests. I haven't completed all the side quests, but there were some interesting storylines um, to follow. So like the characters and, and the story, I would not put it like top tier game changing story. Like I thought God of War ha- impacted me Last of Us Part Two or even Horizon Zero Dawn for that matter. But it was a very strong story, um, and 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 emotional, and it it made sense. Like you 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 believed in the characters and their motivations, um. So I I thought that was pretty strong, and so those three things alone is enough to to say yes. I understand why people love this game; it, it's great. But now, it's gripe time. And so when I do my review of this on Maxwell Lewis Gaming, um. The title of it is going to be too much of a good thing. And spoilers. That... <laughs> Spoil what's the title? Um, but that is effectively the best summary of my thoughts on this game. Is that there is way too fucking much, um, and it is not diverse enough. I was about halfway through the main story, and I was fully upgraded across the board. Both of Ooh. my bows, my sword, and my like taunt or little little knife that you use for assassination, all fully upgraded. Plus, I had a fully upgraded armor set. There are lots of other armor sets, but those are fully upgraded. And I was like, oh, maybe when I get into the third act, they're going to introduce something else, and that that'll make sense. Why I'm just flush with all of these resources? No, the entire third act, I was just continued to be fully upgraded, and there was no additional like stuff to unlock. Um, and this was do going... you think that's okay, like uh because like i sometimes when i play games that have collectibles i don't know how the unlock system works but like i spend too much time unlocking stuff early and then i like stifle the power curve essentially of the game because i like you know hit and game power too quickly do you think if you played it differently you know would 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 all users have that experience right or is that just like how you played the game it it's it's for sure how i played the game but um developers and other games do a good job of locking off power um until you hit certain points in the game like god of war spoiler alert close your ears for 10 seconds three two one here we go you don't get the blades of chaos until halfway through the game and now boom there's an entirely new progression to get through um that's a good example yeah and and that was like a big game changer too because they introduced so many enemies that like really required the blades of chaos to fight effectively but not not so much in this. I, I could go and they there are three main regions on the main story map. And effectively, each region is kind of like an act of the story. And so they could have very easily locked some of the progression behind those regions um, and, and let you uh, kind of prevent you from progressing too quickly and and do that. And. There, there's another argument to be made that having the freedom to fully upgrade your stuff right away is something that some people want. And that's just, I think, kind of personal preference. Um, so I, I could understand an argument to be made for the other. But for me, 
I was really frustrated that I was able to completely upgrade and then I was basically done. And and they st- there's it was too easy also. Like I didn't feel like I was grinding. Like I was just oh, sure. like mostly just kind of clearing the map of all the little points of interest. Um and but I wasn't like going out and like okay, I need to get this. So I'm going to go find a bunch of bamboo for this upgrade and find a bunch of this. Like I just had the resources to fully upgrade. Um if I had to grind for it, I think that would make sense. Um like if there was more resource requirements to get to certain things, um then it would kind of force you to if you really wanted to do it, you have the option you can grind for it. Otherwise, you would get it more naturally as you go through. So that was I think a mistake in the pacing was I was able to upgrade too soon. Um, and so by the time the third act comes around, I'm kind of bored. And then I don't think they did enough to diversify the the combat. Like once I've unlocked all of the stances and I've unlocked all those things, like the, the enemies got a little bit harder. And like, so my timing had to be more precise, but it, it didn't really change how I approached battles. Um, it just kind of was the the same the whole time so basically yeah for the first two acts it was great like uh, progression was great i was building up skills combat they were introducing enough new things by the time i hit the third act it just kind of just fell flat for me um and that's where i think bloatware yeah I, i i think i think it's it was too big of an open map of an open world there was too much to do without enough diversity i think again obviously god of war is my favorite game so i'll keep coming back to it as an example but the the freedom of god of war it gave you enough to explore but it like it was mostly a linear progression through the game and like with with exploring and, and those options available to you and i think ghost of tsushima would have benefited heavily from a scope reduction um like uh, a two-thirds scope reduction now granted the biomes and the diversity of the environment was great through the entire game so obviously they had a lot of world they wanted people to explore but i don't know if they ran out of time or development time or money to like really add there was maybe there was stuff left on the cutting room floor or something that they didn't have time to perfect or get to the level of polish they needed but yeah that was unfortunate the Iki island expansion was a perfect uh little taste of like what 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 i expected and what i think it, it took everything that ghost of tsushima had it added a few things as you would expect an expansion to do so progression continued a little bit it it tapered off really quickly but the expansion is pretty short um and it just it kind of fixed a lot of the gripes i had um basically by being a much smaller scale adding a couple new abilities um some new things they added archery challenges and these other things that weren't in the base game so the expansion I thought was great. I've talked about my feelings on the PS5 features. I thought they actually added quite a bit. Um, I was kind of surprised at how much I noticed the difference of the PS5 upgrades, um, specifically the haptics. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's basically my main gripe is there was just there was too much. Um, there was not enough diversity at towards the end of the game, and not enough progression. I think I think the game. Up the first two thirds, fantastic. The last third was just more of the same. Didn't need to happen. So, that's was fine. the triggers? Because you seem to be kind of flipping on how you felt about the triggers. 
Yeah. So uh, Oliver's talking about the adaptive triggers on the PS5, um, and they they added the resistance um, for the bows and a couple other things. And I think I, my final <laughs> verdict is indifferent. Um, I, no. I yeah, I would have been <laughs> fine if they weren't there, and I don't mind them being there. Um, sure. it just, yeah. it, it doesn't add enough for me to be like, wow, you definitely need that experience. But I also was kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> sure. I'll take it like it, but it was more, every time I was using it, I was like, oh yeah, this is a PS5 controller. I forgot. <laughs> like, I oh, was, shit. yeah, basically the, the biggest difference is like, oh wow, I wasn't expecting that. Um, so I don't know if you want to be reminded that you have a PS5, it's a it's 10 out of 10 mechanic, but um, yeah, I think in games like because you were mentioning God of War and how that does the, I guess, like difficulty scaling or like characters scaling well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of games like Skyrim where you can max, you can become OP and not do anything in the story. But like the story to me is not what makes Skyrim great, right? So it's like if they were yeah. trying to rely on the story to like carry the game to be a great game, then yeah, I think you need to implement stuff like what you were saying with God of War. But games like, you know, GTA, I don't, you don't really level up much in GTA. I don't remember honestly much about GTA, but like GTA wouldn't, wouldn't be hurt from that, I feel like, right? Like if you got power scaling um, and you could like be level 100 at, at minute zero but um <laughs> but yeah no that's like that that is disappointing because i do find that 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 that's when i'm just like i don't want to fucking play this game but you're already two-thirds plus into it right and you're just like the sunk cost fallacy you're like i need to fucking finish this out especially if the story is compelling then you're just like yep. well fuck it i'll grind but you know it, it leaves a bad taste especially in the final act um I mean, like I said with Ori, I was like walking into the final boss of Ori being like, yeah, this is a fucking great game. And then I beat, beat the last <laughs> boss. I'm like, God, fuck, like, why did they do that? That was so bad. Like they, they, you know, it was like, a, yeah, you don't want the last days to be bad. You want to end with a with a snap. So, yeah. And you you mirrored my thoughts throughout the game perfectly with, with that summation. Um, I guess the, the last little gripe I had was there was lots of little technical bugs. Um, like the 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 main outfit you get towards the end of the game is a ghost outfit. Like you are the ghost of Sushima at this point. So you would think that sounds badass would be modeled nicely, but your fucking sword clips through the cape, like obviously, and it is so obvious. It's like your cape with a fucking like sword sticking out of it um, that shouldn't be sticking out of it. And that was just that that attend. I was like, why? Like the character model, the thing you're looking at with the ghost outfit, and it's you have shit obviously clipping through things. Like that was just that 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 bothered me a little bit. Um, when you're like roaming around the world, it's not clear what things you can walk through, ride your horse through, ride over. Like the horse will randomly just fucking leap into the air like he's jumping over something, and I'm like, why? There's what what the fuck are you jumping over? Um, or there'll be a bush <laughs> that I can't run through. Like I'll just be like full spree full speed sprint ahead on my horse and then just boom, like just he just stops. And I'm like, why aren't you moving through this? This is like this is two branches. <laughs> that's just that's this. just actually really annoying. Yeah. That's what took me a while in uh Forza trying to determine their little algorithm for what trees you can bonk smash and what trees you couldn't, because I wasn't paying that much attention to like 
now it's pretty obvious after playing but i'd be mm-hmm. like i swear i can drive through this fucking tree and then just uh, v- the most violent car crash at 120 miles an hour you've ever <laughs> seen in your life it's like oh god i lost and, this race <laughs> and and they're getting so forza horizon 3 was awful with that um and then forza horizon 4 they added a lot more breakable things oh my cat's scraping at the door un momento Poor Mocha. I know she just ate, so she's going, she's going ham. Um, Chocho was very excited when she saw you. <laughs> she tried nuzzling the monitor, and then it didn't pet her. So I think she's confused. <laughs> Hopefully, she doesn't take it personally. But yeah, so Forza Horizon Three, um, there were a lot of things you would just run into that you would think you break through. Forza Horizon Four, obviously, they've increased their skill and development and assets and there's more power maybe um so they can have more destructible environments and so forza horizon 5 theoretically will be even more um so it those things kind of get better over time and ghost of tsushima the environment is so incredibly detailed they just i don't think had the time to make everything destructible that needed to be like to to make everything work perfectly in a world that detailed and varied um would have taken a lot uh, so i i i understand why it, it, it was frustrating though like w- would i take that trade-off i don't know um i think i would probably rather not be getting stuck on shit especially when i'm fighting and i'm like trying to like slice someone and they're they're on like a ledge that's maybe an inch over me but like my character thinks that's a straight wall. So like as I'm slicing my sword, I'm just like bumping up against this wall and the guy is just standing there watching. Oh, like, that's I'm annoying. A, like I'm a freaking freak. And it's just it, little things like that took away from the experience for me um, of what could have been great. They, I think they focused a lot more on the environment, the story, the cinematography um, of everything, which was badass they knocked that shit out of the park um but it came at the expense of progression and some of the gameplay and so for that it i think my final score is going to be mid eight i think if i had to give it a score i hate giving shit a score but that's just kind of how i'm feeling yeah yeah i know i've been trying to think of like better ways to do scoring algorithms because i feel like i'm just going to keep giving games an eight unless they blow my socks off or like hard suck because also like eight like low like an eight flat to me is like an average game right like we don't we don't have it even sitting at like the five so then you're like the range for discriminating between like games goodness just gets uh like shrunk really badly so yeah because i i think it's it rather than thinking of five is like average thinking of it as like how you feel about the game so like zero being absolutely should arrest the developers um to five being um like probably shouldn't ever play that game wouldn't recommend and then 10 being absolutely fantastic it just kind of depends on how you like fit your scale on there i guess so ori one's like a two or three (laughs) (laughs) there you go that game was so frustrating I mean, there was certainly good parts of it, but I think I think I said this last time, but I, I've been especially because I've been playing more like Metroidvania roguelikes, just indie games. Mm-hmm. I really think if they just added a couple more bosses, but I don't know if that takes away from like the audience. I seem like they were kind of trying to go for with it, um, but 
I think if they like added probably maybe two more bosses, um, even if it was at the cost of like, I thought the chase sequences were fun, but I didn't think that they were like changing the game, you know, like yeah. they were enjoyable when they happened, but I would r- rather like them, you know, give me a fourth boss for, at the cost of a chase sequence or something like that. Cause I'm assuming those are probably pretty time consuming to develop similar to a boss fight. Um, especially with how the environment's like rapidly changing and everything. There's clearly a lot of detail that has to go into it. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, I would almost think a boss would be easier to do. Um, although I guess maybe with a boss, you'd really, you'd have to focus more on making it feel tight and fair. Um, or with the chase sequence, like your things are moving so fast, like it doesn't have to be as perfect, but yeah. So, yeah, I definitely want to play it, but uh, I'm definitely going to wait till it's like, you know, dirt, dirt cheap. But then it's like sucks because I'm, what I'm excited about is exploring the environment, which is like only going to reduce and excitement as time goes on and, you know, games keep up, get better. So I know, but it it's still I still think it'll blow your mind and I still well, blow your mind is probably extreme for you, but I. <laughs> As far as environments go, it's it's hard to imagine another environment um kind of touching it, especially because they it was a a decision to choose that kind of art style. I think a lot of games it just doesn't fit that type of art style either. So I think something that is that beautiful um it'll be a while before something like that comes out. Is my my guess, but who knows. Yeah. I feel like that's like a like from what I've seen, like the theme and the style of the game uh is something that I'm kind of surprised that more people haven't done. I mean, I just feel like it fits with what a lot of gaming culture is interested in. So I, I'm kind of surprised there aren't more games like that. Not necessarily like Tsushima copy offs, but like, yeah. I mean, throw a katana in a game. People are going to be like, I feel like a fucking badass. Yeah, no, that was it. It truly, truly was the, the samurai combat was fantastic. Um, So highly recommend that. I, I can promise your first two thirds of the game are, are going to feel gonna feel sweet yeah i'm excited about that and it seems well how long do you think it took you to do base game it's so hard to know because i played it over such a long time i don't know if i can actually see it like a place that i'll try and see if i can find it somewhere um it, it would be i'd be such a freaking ballpark i don't know i would say 40 hours that's not horrible but yeah that is definitely long Especially if you're if they're not innovating on top of it, yeah, then it's just like spent my life on this game. Yeah, especially when like eight to ten hours of it is kind of like, uh, this is the same now. Okay, yeah, this is a chore. Want to talk about Halo Infinite? Because I or five Halo Five, Halo Infinite. Oh, I was right. My number was way too low. Oh my second. Some might say you're off by infinity. Yeah, so they can't release another one, right? They've literally, I guess they could just start doing like infinite plus one. Yeah, the old, like when you're a kid, like trying to come up with the biggest number and you're like infinity, like, oh yeah, infinity and one, like, ah, more than you dumbass. (laughs) Yes, so I uh, was invited to the most recent Halo Infinite Insider multiplayer beta thing um damn maxwell but it, it's, off. it's i mean, I think they've had others so I, I don't know how 
I think this is probably more of a if you signed up for it, you probably got an invite type of thing. But sure, um, I I did sign up for it and I did get it. Um, so I disclaimer have not played any against any human beings, um, but they es- essentially they have three maps for like a team deathmatch arenas and a, a lot of different weapons and they had this training mode that i could go into and play against bots um, and play with bots and basically test out the maps see how the mechanics feel see what i think of the weapons see how the game looks all that kind of stuff um and th- there is matchmaking with real humans but it's like during certain hours of the day and i just haven't been free yet during those specific hours to try it yet i might still get the chance today to try it out um but I was glad that they at least let me like go into the training mode and stuff. So real quick, I mean, I I don't know what much there is to say about it other than it feels great. It doesn't feel like they fucked anything up, um, I guess, is probably the, the best short summary of it. It looks great, but it doesn't look any better than like Call of Duty or any other multiplayer first person shooter. Um, it feels great like the mechanics of of movement they feel like halo um they feel like all the halo games i've played so that it has that familiar feeling like running i remember you're like running around you're shooting 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 and then you bash them at the last second to to finish off the kill um so they they still got those mechanics although they've removed assassination so you can't just go up behind someone and deck them for an insta kill uh and I think they said they were considering maybe at a later date putting that back in. There was some reason they gave why they weren't doing it. I don't remember what the reason was. Um, was but, uh, we talked about? I thought we talked about their AI, right? Because they're going to start analyzing like user data. Yeah. I don't know how far they are into that with it still being beta, right? Well, I guess right. you should be at least somewhere into it if you're in beta, because <laughs> <laughs> you would hope. Um, I mean, as far as bots go, like, they seemed reasonable. I like, but I, I just don't play with against a lot of bots in those kind of scenarios. I, I'm not the type of person that probably should be talking about this. I'm only talking about it because I happen to play it. Um, but I, I don't have enough experience to, like, don't, don't put a lot of weight on what I think about it. Mostly the things I can talk about, how it looked and felt, um, which were great, very reminiscent of the halos that I know and that we all love. Um, the the weapons, uh, like yeah, the needler back and the assault rifle and the plasma gun and all, all that kind of stuff. And there were some new ones, I think, or at least new to me. They might be from like Halo Five or something like that. Um, but there's one the the rocket launcher. I don't know if they always called it this, but it's called the SPNKR. I think so. The spanker, spanker. yeah. (laughs) Um, Which, if that was has always been the name, that's fantastic. But either way, a fantastic name uh, for a gun. Um, Yeah, I don't know. The guns looked good. They sounded good. Um, They were all very different in how they operated, as you would expect in a Halo game. I mean, most people who are familiar with Halo know the different types of weapons they have. Um, There has been some controversy. So people have been playing online. There's like a built-in aim assist. And there's a video of someone who is AFK on a stream. So they weren't at their computer. And the so the reticle is just sitting there. But then there are enemies in the distance that are like jumping around on the screen. And the character, the gun, is like following them. 
like the aim assist is like that strong that the person's not even putting an input and it's basically tracking enemies. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's like fucking like a hundred meters plus away. Um, so I, I obviously this is beta, so this is something they could probably easily tune. Um, yeah. Why there's aim assist at all? I have no fucking clue. If this is a multiplayer game, then get good, bro. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, like I in single player, that shit makes perfect sense. Like you want to feel powerful, you want to hit your target and not be frustrated with that. But when you're talking like competitive, like if you're already taking out some of the skill required, um, I don't know. Maybe they'll make it so certain matches you can go in matches with other people that have it versus don't have it or. I don't know. I don't know enough it's, about that it. That seems, but. yeah, that just seems bad. Seems like they either need to tune it down a lot or just get rid of it. I mean, I find that I don't know. That's like uh, in the new Call of Duties. I keep aim assist on when I play. I mean, I am garbage can, so like the get good argument <laughs> certainly still holds. But like the with with especially because I normally play split screen, so maybe mm-hmm. that's my problem. But like with how much shit and is getting drawn on like the map at one time i find it so fucking hard to see like people at all like differentiating the human from the environment because there's just so many details and then like the color palette and call of duty is like what like gray yeah that's it (laughs) um uh so i've been using aim assist a lot and it, it helps me tremendously um but yeah that's like i feel like i don't know if just like we're like drawing too much or we're drawing like too far back in third person you know maybe we've shifted the view back farther or something so uh things seem farther away than they appear in the mirror or whatever that statement is (laughs) um but yeah that's like i think it's yeah it's weird i i don't think it's i mean it's certainly not going to go away but i don't know how to handle it also it looks like I I thought it was the M41. It looks like it's always been the M41 spanker, though I've never heard anyone call it the spanker in my life. Um, <laughs> well, until now. Yeah. The only other thing I was wondering is like the maps. I don't know. How, like, did they just feel like, oh yeah, this is just another Halo map, or were you like, oh, this map's pretty cool. It feels like even it's still in the Halo universe, but it's exciting. Like, um, I I thought the map design was good. Um, from like my experience playing online multiplayer with like Call of Duty and Halo and that kind of stuff, like it it felt like a well designed map. Um, but w- one of them definitely felt more in the Halo universe than the other one. There there was I only played two of the maps in in my limited time with it so far. And one of the maps felt like a Call of Duty map. Like it felt like it was outdoors in the desert, like in the Middle East. Um, and then seems weird for Halo, but yeah. But I guess I, on the planet with some sand, I don't know. Like that was the vibe I got. It was kind of interesting, almost like uh, whatever uh, Anakin's home planet is from Star Wars. I can't think of what it is off the top of my head. Um, Tatooine, right? Pretty sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, are you confirming? Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> okay. Um, seems promising. Seems promising. Okay. But yeah, so, something to that effect. So, I mean, a little spacey, but I don't know. I wasn't getting like Halo vibes from the first map, but the third map was uh, at least third map in like the choices. I can't remember what it was called. Um, definitely felt more Halo like. Um, I do have to say they added. I don't know if this is new from like, cause I haven't played like the most recent halos, but it's, I forget what they call it. It's like the grapple launcher grapple. 
torpedo grapple <laughs> I, I don't know something to that effect but it's essentially a grapple it which like replaces like you could have like an overshield or the cloak or whatever um but you could start your loadout with this grapple thing and so you can like jump around and grapple up like onto high surfaces but you can also grapple onto people and i found that to be the most exciting um so yeah, that I, sounds fun yeah, there's essentially a person. There's a distance limit to it, um, but if you're within enough distance, you can grapple to them. And then, as you're getting pulled in, you can be shooting, um, and like you're shooting, getting pulled in directly to them, and then finish with a little pff, slappy boy. Oh, Oliver left and is back. Didn't do anything. I promise. Well, the good news is your video is fixed. You look fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I realized I was using Firefox, and I assume Google would be very pissed about it. So you know, you, the, you code the bandwidth reduction one hundred percent, and uh, and Google <laughs> Hangouts or whatever we're using. If not, if not Chrome, screw person over. So that's good. Yeah, uh, I was reconnecting and disconnecting a lot right there. So I was I was done with that. Yeah, that's that's super weird. Um, it's funny. I'm using Edge. Um, and it's and it's fine, but. Bandwidth acceptable, <laughs> but, but Firefox. Well, they, maybe they did it like it's ten percent bandwidth on Edge, but I just have so much bandwidth with my uh, my fiber, it's it's still fine. But um, yeah. Well, I'm excited for Infinite. I'm not gonna lie. I am not optimistic for it per se. I'm you know I feel pretty like just like we'll see what happens. I don't feel one way or another. I think they can execute i mean expectation would probably be it just to be like that's another halo game um but exciting you got to play the beta yeah even it, even just with bots like it's still fun to you know get, get a little taste oh absolutely using the lttstore.com mobile video games controller <laughs> you know baby <laughs> um it's my first time actually using this in a game and it feels really good i like this new series controller um the like texturing and all that kind of stuff uh, honestly made a bigger difference than i was expecting um versus yeah, like the, the other controllers yeah um but yeah halo halo good uh, shit what the hell was i gonna say <laughs> about it? halo good. oh it, it's Sushi gonna be good. it's gonna be hard for people to get too upset although people always find a way to get upset but the fact that sure. the multiplayer is going to be free free so even if people don't absolutely love it, the fact that you're not paying for it, already fantastic. Um, and then the campaign is going to be on Game Pass on day one. So that you're not having to fork up or fork out, fork over, get, get fork over. There we go. A, a lot of money uh, to to experience Halo Infinite, both the multiplayer and the campaign. So I think that's going to work in their favor because based on some of the glitches and the aim assist and some of the concerns about the campaign and stuff that are coming out, there's a possibility it's not going to be perfect or what people are absolutely expecting. But if you don't have to pay $70 for it, that's a win in my book. Yeah. Oh, should be exciting. I'm going to keep game pass probably till it comes out. I don't know. Is there a release date on it? There is. It's December 8th. I think it's December something. Yeah, I'll probably just keep Game Pass till it comes out then, so Halo get a little taste. Or maybe I'll just... Uh, December 8th, I'm so good. Maybe I'll just renew. I haven't used Game Pass in a little bit. Time to get rid of it. I've never, I'm never you guys to get in again. <laughs> Stop playing it for one week, and I'm like, fuck this. It's not because I'm busy. 
That is the nice thing about it, though, is you can it you don't have to always have a recurring subscription. Microsoft sure. hopes you will just set it and forget it, um, but uh, you can just stop at any point. And then when new games come on, you want try it out. Fifteen dollars, try out some new games for a couple months, and then pop it away. Wait until some more games get on there you want to play. Try it again. Yeah, it is. It is pretty nice. I won't lie. And I keep forgetting that I have. I want to get through uh, BC One and Dead Cells. You know, like once you beat the boss, you oh, can ramp yeah. up the difficulty. I want to at least get through BC One, if not BC Two. So BC Five might be a little out of my pay grade, huh? <laughs> but, um, but we'll see. So, but before we head into your couple games, because last time we were going to talk about Bioshock, but we actually didn't end up having time to. Um, so Bioshock and forget what the other game is blasphemous um so before we get into those two real quick ign had another round of games so you know what time it is okay yeah yeah yeah. i'm excited excited. yeah yeah. all right so it's much shorter now they're getting they're they're at like the semifinals or something like yeah yeah um so gta san andreas versus call of duty for modern warfare okay i'm gonna do a community pick san andreas um ratio uh 65-35. If I did my math correctly, my pick is also San Andreas, though. You're almost perfectly correct. It's it's San Andreas 6139, baby. That's not bad. I'll take that. Not bad. We take those W's. Um I would probably have picked Modern Warfare. I said Modern Warfare 4, right? Yeah, it, no, it's Call of Duty 4. Modern Warfare, so it's the original oh, Modern Warfare. Oh, okay. I was like, I didn't even know there was a Modern Warfare 4, but fuck that game. <laughs> there probably is, or it's Infinite Warfare, Advanced Warfare. Can't keep track of that shit anymore. I have no fucking idea. Too many. Okay, next one. The Witcher 3 versus God of War. Ooh, that's actually... That's a, that's a little spanky one. I, I think it's going to be God of War... I almost kind of feel like decently handedly. Um, I'll hit it with another. Yeah, we're balling in on God of War. 70-30. If, if you had gone with 65-35, you would have been almost perfectly correct. But Fuck! it is. You're still close. It is God of War 66-34. So. Oh, at least I'm like still like only less than 5% off. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, you're still good. You're I in tune. It. You're in tune. I think Witcher 3 just has like. It has a very strong fan base, but I feel like it's a smaller fan base in relativity just because God of War is just like so big and so universally like hyped for in the gaming community where like Witcher 3 definitely is like really well regarded. A lot of gamers really like it, but I feel like it's it's slightly more niche in relativity to the ubiquity. Yeah, some um, well credited. video game discussers uh, named it their top game of all time so that's true i don't know who but someone me neither we should find them gta 5 versus batman arkham city gta 5 i'm picking this because it's my pick and if arkham city wins i'll be disappointed though i did like arkham city i won't lie um so to keep to keeping the trend of my disappointment, we're going eighty twenty, so I can be really sad when Arkham City wins. <laughs> it's GTA Five, a sixty one thirty nine. Okay, that's that's better than I thought it was going to be. 
Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? Like the people voting on these are the ones progressing them. So theoretically, the disparity between them should be reducing. That's um, true. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Like when uh, God of War goes against like, I can't even, I can't even like stick bold or something. Well, stick bold's a bad yeah. example because stick bold's good. But you know what I'm saying? Like in our outer bracket, there were some matchups. I was just like, this is not fair. <laughs> uh, all right, the last one. Zelda Breath of the Wild versus Bloodborne. I would pick Bloodborne. The community picks Breath of the Wild. And I'm actually, okay, thinking about the ratio thing, I'm still going to go high. Um, but I'm going to go like, I, I'll temper it a little bit. I'll do 65-35. I'll, I'll keep it to that. I, th- I think this will be one slightly more landslidey. You nailed it. 65-35, Breath of the Wild to finish the brackets. I, I don't know it, if I've missed any of their more brackets. I don't know if there'll be more to find out. But uh, people, point. people, I mean, there is a following for the Soulsborne games. But my God, like, I mean, all my friends fucking hate it. Like, I'm the only one I know personally that, that like that likes it. Uh, so, yeah, that Blood, uh, Bloodborne's not winning. The Bloodborne... It's a great game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. From the five seconds I've played of it. Yeah. It is my favorite Soulsborne game that I've played. Have you even started Demon Souls? Uh, No, but I have started Dark Souls 3. <sighs> Dude, Dark Souls 3, yeah. Dark Souls 3 makes me RQ, man. So, I'll tell you that much. Um... And then real quick, I'm just going to run through a quick list of, of tech news. Not much to discuss. Um, well, maybe there could be. Uh, N64 and Sega Genesis games announced for a premium edition of Nintendo Switch Online. And there is an accompanying Nintendo 64 controller and Sega Genesis controller that work on the Switch. That's kind of hype. Is it literally the old controller just like mapped to USB or whatever they're using? Or I guess Bluetooth. Sorry, I'm fucking old. It, so, so they're selling it as a separate controller. So I'm imagining it's a Bluetooth controller that connects. Um, yeah, but is it the old form factor is what yes, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, old form factor. Uh, looks exactly oh, like that's, an N64. That's super cool. Yeah, yeah. That, that's definitely like Nintendo fans especially will shell out massive dollars for that. So show. Oh, oh, I have it's an not easy yet cash though. Grab. I'm proud yeah. of you, Maxwell. But I, I wasn't as much of a Nintendo fanboy. But that's what, yeah, I'm not expecting it. But I'm, I'm telling also, you, but it's 50 bucks. So that's kind of why I was like, eh, I don't know if I, I would super recommend it for that. But uh, um, they so Bluetooth audio, we talked about them adding that to the Switch. Um, and I, I sent you an article. I don't know if you really read much into it. Mostly, it just seems that bandwidth is kind of the issue with bluetooth in that like mm. xbox playstation nintendo use their own proprietary wireless communication because they can get more bandwidth across to have like eight controllers connected um and bluetooth audio has too much interference to have a solid connection um is typically why bluetooth audio is not enabled for any of the consoles um so them adding it was just i think based on community pressure um of there is enough demand out there that they're like okay fine but there's a huge list of caveats it's like you can only have two controllers connected while you're listening to bluetooth audio Uh, there's a couple other things you can't do while you're using bluetooth audio so there's like there are trade-offs it's not like oh they could have just flipped the switch and it was good to go Um, yeah so i want to mention that real quick uh gt7 gran turismo 7 pre-orders actually make sense so thank god for that thank god they they fixed pretty much all my gripes I had with the um, Horizon Forbidden West 
pre-orders. I won't go into details. If you know what I didn't like about that, they fixed them for this. Um, and then uh, the EU is proposing to force all smartphone manufacturers to switch to USB-C um, as the port interface, which essentially only affects Apple and would mean Apple would have to get rid of the lightning port. And no one would be sad. No, except Apple. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've annoying when I go home and I'm like, oh, yeah, do you have a extra USB Type-C cable? I forgot mine, you know, I'm at home. I'm like, nope, we don't. What the fuck? Yep. 2021. And, and it becomes good. even more unforgivable when there are other Apple products that use USB Type-C. Why they have not yeah, like, switched the, the phone. Like, yeah. And Apple's coming out like, oh, it's this mandate is going to harm innovation and blah, 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 and all this bullshit. So. Um, no, USB Type C is just good. And when the new form factor comes out, let me let me put it this way: the Lightning cable is not the new form factor, and will never be the new form factor. It's existed long enough. If it was going to be the new precedent, it would have already made it. There's a reason that everyone's adopting USB Type C because it's a fucking dank form factor that's awesome to use. So yeah, and it's open, right? Like I don't know if people yeah. can, can people yeah, copy the Lightning. That's a good point. Well, I don't know. The pad patent only lasts so long, right? And if they haven't made any change, well, I don't think they made any changes, right? So yeah, patents twenty five years though. So or twenty oh, or twenty five years. Think, so I was thinking it was ten to fifteen, but yeah, I think the tech patents longer, right? So there's like three different patents. I don't know. They all there's they a three, all in the whole world. There are three patents. Yeah. <laughs> Me, myself, and I. Exactly. I'll have to bring my dad on the podcast to discuss Talk patents patent law yeah yeah um all right so that, that's all all the tech news just sort of all zoop zoop run through there so let's get into your games and on a high note oh god hi, hi ash no i'm just i'm excited to talk about him so let's okay you start with well, whatever you want to start with yeah i'm thinking i'm gonna probably just hold off on blasphemous just because we're running at least short on time from from my end um and i'm still playing it even though i've already beaten it um like okay. just real high level i have enjoyed it quite a bit um and people say it's like it's definitely like a you know 2d side scrolling metroidvania um but people really overblow the soulsborne like like it has a parry a dash and an attack and the way that they tell the story is similar to souls but like past that it's like it's nowhere near as brutal as a Soulsborne game, but yeah, just like after I've beaten the base game, I want to play a new game all the way through um, to get a little bit more challenge. Uh, but you, when you start new game, you get to take stuff with you into it. So I'm okay. like running around trying to do some, you know, last minute mop up quest essentially before I go. So I'll talk about Bioshock. Um, all right, Bioshock, start playing it. And I'm like, damn, is this fucking game good? Rapture is awesome. Uh, like, the environment and, like, the characters that they designed, like, I think have... I mean, obviously, nostalgia is factoring in. I think I've done a decent job of tampering <laughs> my nostalgia. Um, but, yeah, I was like, you know, Rapture is just, like, an incredible place and i was watching they have director's clips they were talking about when they were developing it why they wanted to do i don't know if i said this last time um but they wanted to do an underground city because then they can control exactly what 
like how the city's designed, right? You know, like yeah. if you're in the example that the guy used a trillion times and I probably used if I talked about it was like if you're in New Jersey, you're expecting the bridge to Brooklyn or Manhattan or whatever stupid ass bridge there is over there. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I think that, I mean, that was a good call on their part. I feel like, did I not already talk about this game? I feel like I'm like remembering the thoughts I had, but maybe we just talked about it. So we, we talked a little bit about like the development cycle, but I, Oh yeah, I, I wasn't sure if you had like played more of it. Um, oh yeah, so I well I'd beaten it. Okay, yeah, so, so we have not well, talked then, about it since like you beat it. Okay, yeah, so Bioshock. Let me. By the time that I was done, I can tell you, I feel good. I'm much better on my nostalgia glasses. Um, there is about two thirds through the game. They're just like we have done the most and we are done doing the most and we are we are going to finish this game. And they like just stop fucking designing the environment like entirely. Um, And I remember having that on my first playthrough, but I was just so much more excited about the environment. And like the beginning of the game is really good for like getting you invested in the story. Um, And it's I think a good story still, you know, like it's I mean, it's not like a groundbreaking like you're not like. Oh my god, this is insane. Like it's it's certainly a, a wee predictable. Um if you're you know, like familiar with <laughs> being smart. Um I don't know where <laughs> I was going to go with the familiarity thing. Uh but yeah, they they just straight up stopped designing at the end and the last boss, I mean it was pretty easy. Like that's not a big deal. I feel like it's such a story-driven game that like, you know, I, I think the McCanns are really good for um, the time and the fact that I feel like the story and the environment is what's really heavily driving the game. Um, yeah. Like, it was still really fun to play. Like, the between your magic abilities, the magic ability to just, like, feel more fun and more powerful than when I pl- use them in other games, probably just because I suck at other games. Um, but, like, it actually made me um, want to, like, shift around with my stuff a lot also ammo is definitely way more limited which forces you to shift around guns um a lot more until you're like super late game um but yeah no they just like straight up stopped developing and then the last boss like the literal design of them like a character model and everything um it's just like it takes the game in my opinion from being serious and a credible game to it's like almost like a like a i would expect it in a comic type boss you know it's like Mm. a it's like a yeah it's like a like i don't know like magma ito i don't i can't think of any marvel characters i know magneto is one and that's why i made him fire to fit um the final boss but (laughs) uh but yeah so that's just like i think it it really ended pretty sourly i mean like after playing through it again i feel like it's I mean, at the time, it was obviously really good. But playing through it again, I mean, I'd probably give it like a 7, you know? I mean, it's like a a DC 7. But the problem is, is the first part of the game and Rapture as a whole is like an easy 10. Like, the environment's fucking great. um, And I think the storytelling and, like, the world building that they do is fucking great. I think they've really nailed that out of the park. And the McCann's are really fun, but... It's just another, like, it left a sour taste in my mouth that it just, like, the end felt like they just, like, ran out of money in their dev cycle and we're just, like, we need to, you know, finish up this game and get it the fuck out the door. Um, So, I mean, the sevens part factoring in, like, me playing it now versus me playing it when it came out, right? So, yeah, um, like, obviously, 
you know, it, it is an older game. So I'm like trying to not, I'm not trying to like time adjust, but, or at least super hard time adjust. Um, but yeah, no, it's the ending was definitely like disappointing in that regard. It just felt like, yeah, they were, they were done developing. So they're like, how do we wrap up the story? How do we wrap up the game and spend as little money as possible? But the first like two thirds of the game are just so fucking good and so well designed in my opinion. And they spend so much more time and attention to detail in those parts. But like, the last, especially the last two sections are like, before you start turning into a, your final form, to try to limit my spoilers as much as possible, um, like you're in like two, like, I think they're supposed to be like apartment complexes in Rapture, and so it's just like two rectangles with room shooting off of them, which they've already done like multiple times in the story, but then there's like nothing on the walls, like spatially there's just like nothing in the rooms you know, like the amount of assets that are just being drawn period are just like, it just it drops off of the face of the earth it felt like Um, so yeah, that was I remember having that thought last time like I said, but this time playing through it I was just like, yeah, I'm not 13 anymore so i can't excuse that just like blindly <laughs> like i gotta be like all right you fucked up a little bit with this one like that's not the move so and i don't like that it feels like such a serious story and then once you get to like the major cresting checkpoint um would you kindly mm-hmm. uh like i just feel like the i don't know it's like yeah, I like after that scene, just the whole shift in the game. Like it almost if they ended it on that and then like left that scene as like the hype for Bioshock Two. Um, I almost think that would have been better. I just think it probably would have been a little too short. Um, by that time standards. So, because like up until then, I think that game is really good and like I said, surprisingly is held up. I mean, I was playing the remastered, so the graphics weren't super bad. But yeah. Um. But yeah, like the combat's still fun. It's certainly simplistic by today's standards, but it's still like enjoyable to go through. Um, and like I said, the I like dystopias, and Rapture certainly is not lacking on the dystopian front. Um, so, I so mean, yeah, that's kind of. I I think we've learned today that developers should start at the end of the game and work backwards. That way, when they <laughs> run out of time, it's just the beginning. That's that's kind of messed up. Oh, the beginning's important too. But, like, if you can just get through the beginning and then it just ends strong, you know? Yeah, the this is what, yeah, like, the well, the third game we mentioned today from one of our perspectives that is, you know, ended weekly, so. So, yeah, no, it's still a good game, but I'm glad I played it because now I'm just like, yep, I'm not, I'm not going to play that game ever again. <laughs> I'm, like, happy I went through it. The game also crashed, like, the remastered versions definitely got some serious bugs that, I mean, maybe I caused, but, like, I should be able to alt tab out of an application and not get literally punished for an hour and a half worth of work. And that time I didn't even alt tab. That first time the game just crashed. The second time I alt tabbed, I was like, "That's a bad idea, baby." <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, it's definitely, yeah, I think it's aged pretty well. But yeah, looking back at it, the design, yeah, they just they did not end strong. Can't do that. Damn. So. Yeah, I'll hold off on Blasphemous until next week, but so far, I have really enjoyed it. It's definitely a very enjoyable game. Um, It's a very small team. Well, it's not... I don't think it's a super small team. I don't know how small it is. It's definitely larger than Team Cherry. They have more than three (laughs) fucking people. Um, But... uh, 
it's definitely still buggy. It's I didn't realize it started off of Kickstarter. Um oh. and so yeah, which I think is pretty cool. And apparently they've been really good with I was watching a speedrunner. They've been really good at like when they see things in speedruns that they did not intend to be in the game. They're like very quick to patch. Um you know, those bugs or whatever you want to call them. I mean, I feel like bugs supposed to be more game breaking, but so apparently from what I heard from uh, GDQ like a year ago, I think the developers at that time were still being really responsive with the dev cycle. So that's awesome. maybe they're not still. But yeah, no, I'm, I like to hear that. I'm trying to see if it, if it says how many there are. The develop stu- development studio is called the Game Kitchen. They're a Spanish development studio. Oh, so Team 17 was the. Publisher. Publisher. Says that they're a developing studio, or maybe the, is the Game Kitchen the publisher? <laughs> we have no idea what we're reading. <laughs> um, yeah, I would if you like Metroidvanias, I can say I would definitely recommend it. Um, it's no Hollow Knight. Um, but if you like Hollow Knight, you'll definitely like Blasphemous. I think Hollow Knight's harder than Blasphemous, but they're oh. also kind of designed differently, so. That's interesting. Yeah. I can delve more into the details on my full review on my video games channel coming out October. Well, coming out October 6th, but being recorded October 3rd. <laughs> well, maybe not. We might. <laughs> well, we'll we'll see we'll see what's happening next week. It might be recorded. If we record it, it'll be the, probably the fourth. So October third is my one year wedding anniversary. So happy birthday, bro! Thanks, bro. Well, then that'll be my birthday shortly after. But exactly, exactly. I'm just <laughs> it's never right, too I'm late gonna... or early, or it's never on time. Team Seventeen employs 140 people in its two offices. Yeah, there was like a decent amount of uh, people listed at the end of Blasphemous, so that seems not super unreasonable. It definitely seemed comparable to like Ori dev size. Um, so the more you know, and your game strong. That's... Don't end your podcast strong. Exactly. It, if you want to end your podcast strong, you do two outros. That's just podcasting one hundred and one. Um, so here comes the first one. Thank you guys so much for listening today, for joining us. Um, we hope you had a good time, talked about some interesting games. Let us know what you think down below. Stay tuned. Uh, there's going to be, I'm hoping, some soundtrack, video game soundtrack discussion, potentially bracket coming out in the near future. Um, oh, yeah. So get get hyped for that. Get hyped for some other things. Uh, links in the YouTube description, Instagram, Spotify, podcast, blah, blah, blah. Buzzwords left and right. We appreciate y'all, and we will catch y'all in the next one. Josie. Josie. Okay. Thank you guys so much for sticking around to the end of the podcast. I just remembered as we were recording this that we said we weren't going to do more double outros. So there's your bonus double outro. It's a bonus of a bonus just for you guys, because that's how much we love you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Check us out on all the services. Give us some love. We love you guys. We'll catch you on the next one. Joseph.